What's up? It's Moody MD. Listen, I have struggled. We'll get through this together. Yo, I'm TBD. I'm a work in progress, helping us reach our full potential. We on a journey. This is about personal growth. Our voices. Our experience. This is us, transparent, no filter. Life is short. Let's make it sweet. Let's get it. Short and Sweet Podcast, episode number 11, Dr. Moody MD, TBD. What's good? Hey, what's going on? What's happening? Man, not much, man. I'm, I'm going to kick it off, man. I'm going to set the tone for us this episode real quick. Kind of the theme, highlight theme of what this episode going to be about. Your friends are false. We fly, why cry, our souls explode, yeah. We smoke, we laugh, your stress, my stress. Ten toes, ten toes, we was out in that road. Uh looking for love in wrong places. We were posed to a stove. Yeah. So I've never heard this song. Clothes, that's how deep it sounds goes. like Beyonce. You've never heard this? All I've never heard that. Y'all switching sides like NBA teams just at the half. I can't believe you ain't never heard it. I've never heard it. I've never heard that song. I'm guessing it was on their recent album, one of their combined albums. So since Dr. Moody MD be under a rock, that is called <laughs> Friends. It's called Friends from the Carters on their album entitled The Carters. So, you know, it's a... I feel like that that's a perfect type of song to hit to hit like the topic of what we're going to be discussing this week. So what are we discussing this week in this, short? This week in short, we're going to be touching on strong friends. Strong friends. Yes, that's what we're going to be touching on. TBD gave us this idea. He always comes with the best ideas. I'm more of a person who is like super structured. And I'm like, we talked about this. And so then we had to talk about that. So then we had to talk about that. TBD just works from that creative side of his brain. So it's a, it's a yin and yang. It's a yin and yang. We, we, <laughs> we work. We work together with it. But I got I got a question. I'm putting you on spot right now. I just thought okay. of this with like kind of listening to some of the lyrics and whatnot. What is the the strangest or the most outrageous thing that you've done for someone you consider a friend? Mm. Mm. I don't want to incriminate myself. It ain't got to be not. I mean, just it could be okay. a, funny, a funny situation. So, uh, I mean, I did I, a class for somebody before. Oh, well, oh, where I did a class like I took some tests for a person before. This is just me being like completely transparent. I've done that before. <laughs> That's some, that's some real. That's real. Okay. I've, I've done that. Yeah. I've done that before for a friend. And of course I had repercussions for it. I've done it like maybe two, three times. Word. I've done it. Oh. I have. I have. But here's the thing though. Nobody ever does that to help me. I'm always trying to help other people out. You know were, what I'm saying? Were you compensated for this time though? For taking these courses, taking these quizzes, these tests? I'm no, assuming. I was not compensated at all. Hey, you're a real I was friend. compensated with friendship. Damn. Sometimes that's all you need. You know, no, like no. you had an expectation that that's... a person will be there for you if you have similar circumstance. So 
Hey, you're a real one for that. Like, real talk. Like, I can't even. Yeah, mine is some childish, manly. What about you? What's the uh, what's the best you've ever done for a friend? <sighs> Without incriminating myself. I mean, I drove my homie 200 miles just to kick it with his chick. And just more so just kicked it out. Like, whatever. It just was a solo mission for his, his car had issues so he was like yo i gotta see my shorty mm -hmm. so yeah like i'm, I'm like come on i got you more that's so like three and a half hours yeah i mean so it's a it's a lot that, that was a lot of time um you know i mean but it i like to get in the car and ride so you know of course he gassed up the car but shit we listening to music we chopping it he did his thing shit i did my thing like it's a I dropped him off and, you know, it was it just one of those sort of things, but I never do nothing so, like that again. So let me just tell you this. I don't want to like super incriminate myself, but it's one of those things where like a friend, you know, like if you're in a classroom and then a friend is like, oh, like throw something at you. It's like, oh, can you help me out with the answer? Like I've done that before is what I'm talking about. I mean, I feel so. like everybody has done that, like, if we if we've taken the same course, but I've never taken a quiz for somebody like okay, I ain't never. I mean, I would help. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, that's 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 dope though that you yeah that's that's a real hey. Part. Can we edit that part out? Like, <laughs> nah, nah, just keep it, keep it. We, we ain't mention no friends. We ain't mention no course. We ain't like, mention no names. We ain't even mention. I could be making this up. Who this, knows? This, like, was, who this knows? was this was at elementary school anyway. So. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's what I'm saying. Um, so let's talk about last time we met. So last time we met, we really talked about consistency and self-management. TBD and I took a pathway towards like what we have been doing in the last couple of weeks and maybe why we haven't been as consistent. Um, and we talked about how you can regulate the stressors that might come about in your life so that you can take charge and try to be more consistent and how routines can really be beneficial. We asked some really great questions. And one thing that really stood out for me is, is it still self-management if other people help you with accountability? Because I struggle with that. Like, I feel that I have very minimum capability to self-manage myself without having to give a very concerted and organized effort to do so. Um, I really enjoyed that because I always tend to rely on other people. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this with our last episode, but positive role modeling is something that's so essential when you're trying to do self-management and when you're relying on other people. And what I mean by that is, let's just say like you're having a hard time and another person is having a hard time. Y'all both show up for a meeting. And so when you look at the fact that the other person showed up for the meeting and was having a hard time, it kind of gives you like strength. Like if they could do it, then I can do it as well. Mm. That positive role modeling is really essential. What about you, TBD? What did you enjoy about the last episode? What did I um I enjoyed just the the whole iteration. One, we had uh, little D on the Nietzsche now. She did her <laughs> she, she did her thing. Like I I like the competitive banner that we had, just going back and forth. That sort of energy. Um, I like the fact that we talked about delegation. 
you know, mm-hmm. that's that's very critical to time management. Like if you have something that is minimum on your plate, if you delegate the book, this is saying that I got from one of my managers, delegate the dumb shit. So the shit, <laughs> the shit that don't really have no sort of bearing to your everyday standard worker, everyday job, delegate it. Give it to another one of your associates so they they can handle that. And you know, you give them the more sort of duties and responsibilities that you give to your team members, you make them feel empowered. So you're actually mm-hmm. empowering others with dumb shit. So it's just like, you know, if it's not wow. imperative to your job and your level, why not give it to somebody else, empower them, kind of teach them little by little. So I've never heard of that. And I wonder, did you mention that at last episode? I don't remember you talking about it. I don't think I deep dive into that, but I mean, maybe we got- Dumb shit. Delegate the dumb shit. Delegate. I'm going to write that down because I feel like delegation is like a whole nother thing that we can go into because I have such a hard time with delegating and I have a hard time trying to distinguish between what is the dumb shit and what is something that I should actually be- exerting my time and energy into so I'm, i just wrote that down i just wrote that down and then so, al- mm-hmm. also we got a um we got a listener response from episode number 10 yay which, which i'm i'm very 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 excited for you didn't write it did you no no i'm not that corny i'm not that <laughs> cheesy i'm not gonna wait to episode number 10 to write the response but so that this is the response to episode number 10 I agree. It is. I, I agree. It is important to have a routine. My, my morning routine is to wake up, wash my face and all that good hygiene stuff, draw my eyebrows on. So obviously it's a woman. Then take my daughter mm-hmm. to school. Then I come home, eat breakfast, drink my coffee and listen to some good gospel before I start work at 8 a.m. I want to have a night routine as of right now. It's all over the place. So that's somewhere I need to work on and some improvement. Wow. Yay. Give it up. Kudos for our first right listener who wrote in. Yes, yes, yes. Girl, I feel you on the... Girl or boy, we can't like... Girl or boy, we can't. We don't know. We can't discriminate. Um, We don't know. We don't know. know. But I definitely feel, you know, the person when they wrote in because I have such a hard time trying to set up a routine. And every time I think that I've got it, it then kind of starts to fall off. And so that's good that this person has at least set up the routine for the morning. And I really like listening to the gospel music. That's a good one. Like yeah. it's like positive affirmations to yourself what gospel music can give to you. Definitely. Um, so what, what was the goal from episode number 10? What routines do you have in your life? What's working for you and what's not? So what's working for you, Moody MD? <laughs> I feel like, my abilities to set up a, a routine is constantly in flux. It's like some weeks I do better than others. I feel like it's a constant and very persistent effort to maintain a routine for someone like me. So for me, I struggle with inattention and executive dysfunction. And one might say like ADHD kind of symptoms. And so it gets super hard for me to continue setting up a routine, but I really value that. So every couple of days, every week, I'm checking in with myself to make sure like what's going right with my routine? What isn't going right with my routine? How can I improve? Um, What needs to be taken away? What needs to be added? And so I think that 
when you're trying to do something like set up a routine, you can't just set a routine and expect that it's going to be um, applicable to all the different circumstances in your life because life is constantly in flux. Your routine needs to be representative of life changing. My dog said executive dysfunction. Like, I do. I mean, like, what the? I ain't gonna even act like I know what that is. So I'm. That's. I. I, I jotted that down. I'm gonna look into what that is. That's dope, though. Okay. But um, some of the routines that work for me is yeah. one body management. So going to the gym, keeping that consistent routine. Um, as I had ex- explained, I had gotten into a car accident. So right now mm-hmm. I'm in that process of rebuilding my body, relearning my body, Just creating that sort of routine trying to eat better, trying to like, typically I, I like to dedicate Sundays for meal prepping and those sort of ordeals. And then, you know, that constant routine, working out, rebuilding the body, um, you know, like our listener explained, I need to do better at a nightly morning routine, like uh, opposed to just like laying out my clothes. But um, it's, there's, there's always, always areas to improve on. And, for sure. But, nah, yeah. but um, um, no. I'm super happy that we had someone to write in. And I just want to remind everyone, write into us, short and sweet pod at outlook.com. Check us out on Instagram. Um, we would love to hear from you. And I think that at some point in time, I want to become more active in social media. It's just that at this point in my life, I feel like social media gives me anxiety while I also realize that the way to really advertise and get people to become aware of this podcast and what we're trying to do is via social media because that's what people use so I thought about an idea and I'm like maybe I just need to not follow people and then just put out content Mm. so it doesn't really bother me and I don't get FOMO because we talked about that before remember like I, I get badass FOMO Badass FOMO, fear of missing out. If you didn't check out that episode, then please do. I believe it was like episode nine or 10, but I get super bad FOMO. And if you guys have any ideas for me on how I can avoid that um, while still making myself active on social media, then I would love to hear it. It would be very much appreciated and would really help, you know, propagate this podcast. So off the realm, just off the top, music. Music is one tool that you could utilize to kind of keep up with a no but nah that's a that's a good sort of feedback for our listeners to write and give give moody md some songs y'all listening to give her some some sort of content some some activities and some things that she is missing out but we did introduce a a, a new segment last episode and it's it's called phone a friend so we have someone on the line that is very 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 instrumental um you know i call her my hair crush uh, she, <laughs> she's my advocate. She's my therapist. She's my, my confidant, um, bounce ideas off of, um, you know, I know I, I, I drive her crazy because I have a million and five ideas, but I tend to execute five of them at a time. So mm-hmm. that drives her so crazy. Why is, why is this person your hair crush? My hair crush? Because man, I, I love her hair. I love, I, I love her hair too. I love, I love her hair. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so thick and pretty. I love her hair. She like my hair crush too. Uh, okay. I just wanted to say that, you know, uh, I just wanted to see if we was on the same page. She my hair crush too. But anyways, go ahead. So you, you, you're going to hype her up, but nah, so we, we, we have, um, I'm going to just call her hair crush. I, I ain't going to give, <laughs> give her a name, but uh hair crush, if you want to take yourself off mute and tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Uh, yeah, so my name is Tamara. I am a mental health therapist, um, a licensed independent social worker, and I've been doing therapy for about five years now. That is awesome, awesome. I'm feeling you on the mental health professional level. Okay, okay. I got a question. Just one question. How, how has the pandemic impacted your business or your, your practice in therapy? Um, I actually opened my practice a month before the pandemic. So it's hard to say if um, I wouldn't have as many clients as I do because of the pandemic. I'm not for sure. I had a pretty good caseload um, before the pandemic started, but I will say that I am at a full caseload, but not all of my clients are seeing me because of the pandemic. So, um, but I'm truly blessed that I, you know, have a lot of clients That's and awesome. doing pretty good with my practice. That's awesome. Yay. Okay, so the topic of this episode is strong friends. And I wanted to ask you as a mental health professional, what's the relationship between your friends and yourself? And how do your friends really um, engage with you? And so like, I have a couple of questions. Um, my first mm -hmm. is, are people resistant to checking in with you because you are a therapist? Are people just thinking that, okay, she's a therapist. She has all the kumbaya and coping skills there <laughs> is, and she doesn't need our help. Right. Right. Um, I would say probably some, um, mm -hmm. people do, um, probably feel like I'm that strong friend, you know, I'm a therapist. I have all the coping skills, which I don't, you know, just being a, just because you're a therapist doesn't mean you know everything. So mm. I will say that I, I have always been the friend that has reached out the most, initiated a lot. And then I sort of drew back from that um, just because I got tired of being that person to always initiate and always just keeping everybody together. So I have noticed some friends have continued to reach out and check with me and some have, you know, I haven't heard from them because I haven't reached out. So um, mm -hmm. I will say it's like a it's like a half and half um, mm -hmm. with that. Damn. So you're feeling like because you, this strong friend who used to be the person always reaching out and checking on other people, now that you aren't doing that, mm -hmm. you feel like people aren't reciprocating. I would say some, yeah, some okay. people, and it, it could just be. You know, it could just be that they got busy wives going on. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I would say some, you know, I don't, we don't talk as much. Um, and I noticed that when I sort of fell back and it's just really, I got a busy wife. So I'm really busy. Um, I got a lot going on. And then sometimes I just, I'm so tired after work. I don't reach out to people, you know, which I'm trying to do better at, but I've even um, fallen back as far as people who reach out to me a lot yeah. and um, it's not intentional, but that's what I'm saying. It, it can be just where they're, they're really busy or it could be, Hey, Tamara, she's a therapist. She's good. <laughs> Which, yeah. Again, uh, therapists, be therapists, you know, we don't have it all together. I got a, right. question. I got a yeah. question for you. Do you feel like your title or your profession, your professional field intimidates people? Um, I, I, as far as my, my friends and family, I don't feel it intimidates them. 
because um, they've been pretty supportive. And if anything, they tell me, you know, the ones that I'm like really close to, they tell me that I inspire them and I motivate them to want to, you know, just go into their purpose in life because this is my purpose being a therapist. So um, I don't, if I do, I, I don't know, <laughs> but I don't feel that I intimidate my family or my closest friends. Well, that's definitely good. That's uh, that's a positive because us as mental health professionals, we definitely need support ourselves. And right. I think that um, especially our closest friends and family members, they seem to be more realistic in their like their thinking and acknowledgement that we need that support. In my experience, right. it's like when you're talking to people who don't really know a mental health professional on a closer level, they automatically come with these assumptions. But the people who do know mm-hmm. us are like they're aware that we need support, too. Right. Right. For sure. I have one last question for you. Um, how much do you, how much do you judge people and the emotional support they give to you? Are you like, why the hell would you say that? That's not what CBT is about or DBT. (laughs) This is like going over D's head, but these are like therapy modalities. I I don't know nothing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes. Uh, I, you know, and and they not, you know, yes, I do. Um, and, but I, I, I don't say anything to them. I mean, honestly, I'd be like, dang, like, why would you even say something like that? Like, or you just, you know, thank you before you speak or, yeah. you know, you see that I got, you know, I'm, you see that I'm irritable. Why are you, you know, yeah. but in the same sense, I have to take a step back because I can do the same thing. You know, I can speak on something and I'm like, all right, I shouldn't have spoke at that very moment. I could tell that they're frustrated or, you know, whatever. So I, I'm going to hold myself accountable for, you know, being what I judge people for at times. That's yeah. dope. That's dope. That is dope. And I, so I got a question. One last thing. I, I just want to wrap it up, close it out. I know you're busy and whatnot. But you two as mental health professionals, y'all both have mentioned that basically you're in therapy. Do you feel any sort of judgment well I guess not because you guys oh I'm, I mean I, I, no I what was you about own. to say because this I'm, might be hitting on something <laughs> that I had to go with like do, what was you about to say do y'all feel any sort of judgment for needing that sort of help up like basically therapists needing therapy like do y'all do y'all feel that sort of judgment being a mental health professional and I guess like your close-knit family friends like to be like look Y'all should know the answers and whatnot. So why are you guys seeking help? I don't know if I sound ignorant with that. I'm just, just no, thinking. that's not ignorant. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me personally, I so I've done therapy before. Really didn't connect with that therapist, um, and I just started back last week and instantly love her. She, you know, um, I didn't feel judged even her seeing me as a therapist. And with my friends and um, some family, like, again, it's like motivating for them. You know, I told them, I'm like, yeah, I'm back in therapy. They're like, oh my God, that's great. Like, I want to see a therapist. So I give them resources. Like, hey, you know, here's where you can find some therapists. So I personally don't feel judged by friends um, because they know I don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. You know, no one has it all together. um, And we don't know everything. 
And sometimes you just need that person to remind you. It's like you, you know some things, but you just need someone to push you and to guide you and remind you, hey, you need to you know, implement these things. So I don't get that from my friends and family. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I don't get that from my friends and family um, either. I think that one reason is that my friends and family know that I be having issues. And so they like, well, shit, you need to see a therapist. That's number one. <laughs> right. Number two is that I think that pretty much everybody I come across who understands what a mental health professional does, they realize that it's difficult to constantly be hearing other people's problems. That shit can get heavy sometimes, especially when you aren't coming with your glass um, full. You know, you might be having a day where you like 75%. And just hearing Mm -hmm. a lot of the burdens of other people, um, it might trigger you in some Mm -hmm. ways, you know, and when you get triggered, it might bring down your capability to like, you might end the day like at 50 and then the other thing I want to say goes back to um, TBD, what we were talking about with positive role modeling. So I think that it's helpful for therapists to be in therapy because you learn skills and focus on skills that you might not have had in your own training. And so your therapist might say something like, oh, man, I could say that to my patients. I never thought about saying that. That yeah. made me feel good. Um, so you get a lot of experiences like that. Oh, that's dope. I mean, like, I, 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 I definitely feel- agree. Yeah. I could have worded that a little better, like saying, like, what does therapy look like to you? Because, like, I feel like ultimately this is a form of therapy for me. Like, I never would have guessed that me doing this sort of endeavor right now. Like, if you would have asked me this two years ago, I would have said you're you're freaking crazy. But me stepping (laughs) out of my comfort zone, doing something like this, it's it's amazing. And, you know, being able to connect with mental health professionals like you all, like one, I got to give you guys a. Uh, a round of applause because yes. you guys are the true heroes, like fighting the, the battles behind the closed doors. So one, I want to thank you, Moody MD, Hair Crush. Uh, <laughs> well, you said your name, Amira. I, I want to thank you, but um, now we, we're gonna go into the the um the talk about it or not. I, I don't know if you got time to stick on. If if you do, we'd love to have you on. If not, you know, you 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 free to drop. But I'm about to uh, what Moody MD ass real quick. You know, get into you it. are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do got to get to my baby downstairs, so I do appreciate y'all. I do love y'all. I love y'all's podcast, thank and you. Um, thank you for having me on. Thank you. No, thank you for taking the time. No problem. See y'all later. Hey. See ya. Back to business. Back to business. Now we going oh, to man. talk about it or not. I got uh, quite a few that I want to hit. I got a, I got one topic. I don't want to even like address, but I got a, cause you're, you're pro vaccine. Correct. Oh, oh, she's switching in real time. No, I, I mean, I see, I, I feel like, um, I'm more pro choice. Gotcha. If that makes sense. That makes you know sense. how like with abortion, that's, it's like pro choice. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly where I'm at. Like, and that's what me and Denise was trying to like, basically, allude to y'all was trying to uh force down my throat no we ain't trying to force look we ain't trying to force anything down people throw but i just feel like as a person you should basically choose what you're putting in and out of your body like Mm -hmm. and i know that the pro vaccine people say well you've taken 10 15 other vaccines throughout your life which i agree with but the thing is like I, i feel like 
with this vaccine, it's almost like a political stance. Like they're they're basically pinning the unvaccinated against the vac- vaccinated people and trying to push this narrative and this agenda. And that's the thing that's kind of got me skeptical with the whole thing. Like if it was really like a state of emergency and X, Y, Z, like I, I just want my, my politicians to act like politicians instead of like businessmen and trying to like, buy- oh shit. Instead of <laughs> instead instead of Biden, like you know, hopping online, just saying like you know, get your vaccine or else or blah blah. It's just like damn, like you're supposed to be the president and you you sound more like a like a drug salesman. But mm. in New York, I seen that all the unvaccinated healthcare workers were going to be terminated. Yes. And they were pulling in the National Guard. I just wanted your take on that. I didn't even want to like debate you with that. I just, well, previous episodes, I thought that you were pro-vaccine. But now mm-hmm. like you're pro-choice, which we're on the same page with that. My thing is if we're in a state of an emergency, why are we getting rid of these healthcare professionals from the front lines? You're, you're moving, we're moving thousands and thousands of employees that can, that been on the battlefield. I, I feel like that's kind of ignorant and that's kind of like a bullish way of thinking. Like basically mm-hmm. like if you don't adhere to our mandate, there's no room for you. I think it's hard because I think the mandate's purpose was really, as you said, to force people's hand to get the vaccine. Um, I'm unsure what the statistics are, what the numbers are for how many individuals, healthcare workers decided to not get the vaccine and who were subsequently terminated. I'm unsure what the number is. I would think that it's fairly moderate to low just because people have to make a living. You know, like I was saying before, those COVID vaccine cards is hot on the market. You know, like Uh, people got ways to get around it. I don't know. Um, But do do you have any statistics, any numbers on like how many people? I'm pulling it up right now as we speak. Um, I think it's, um, I think that basically it was a way to force people hand and I think that some people feel very strongly about not getting the vaccine, so they won't. Um, my brother in particular, he's a federal police officer um, in D.C. And so, as we know, all federal workers um, were mandated to get the vaccine. Yeah. And so he did end up getting the vaccine. And when I say like he was completely against it, he was like conspiracy. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say conspiracy, but um, he was like, oh, this is just the government trying to plant chips into our bodies and um this is just another way of control and i forgot some of the other things that he was saying i mean some of it made sense just like we've talked about before um where the vaccines had emergency use authorization only and at one point i think right now the pfizer is fda approved but they weren't so that made sense that made sense as a valid argument when people had that um, but um, my brother, he made the choice like, shit, I can't lose my job. So he went on ahead and got the vaccine. And that's that's part of the issue. So I'm, I'm looking at this um, this article from CNN. It says that um, a Nassau County hospital, which is in New York City, um, their employees, they, their employee population is 80 to 90 percent fully vaccinated. 
So to potentially lose 10 to 20% of your employee population, that's a significant jump drop. It is. So it hasn't given me the full numbers and, you know, doing it on real time, but I, that, that was my mistake. But and, and I mean, you make a valid point because these are people who have been exposed to COVID training. They know how to deal with ventilator settings. They know the protocol. And so how difficult is it to bring on new staff members that are that you have to train and get up to speed? And so are we doing more detriment than we are um, benefit by mandating this? It's, going, it's definitely a hot, hot topic and it's a never ending topic like ultimately I don't want to be the COVID podcast and whatnot like you know but I seen that and doing my research and I'm like man I I, I just got to touch it yeah but, but um so I'm gonna hit you with um th- this is my first one so Zelle Cash App and other money exchange technology software companies will require its users to file a 1099 if you receive over $600. You want to talk about it or not? Yes, let's talk about it. Like, come on now. There are a lot of people who are 1099 workers, people who work for themselves, who receive money from Cash App, Zelle, that kind of thing. Um, They do that. And I hate to say it, but they do earn a little bit of money underneath the table. And a part of me is honestly, I'm kind of happy for them. Like, good for you. Because Uncle Sam, you know, I'm a W-2 worker. Uncle Sam takes like 33%. I don't have any kids. Mm. I am married. I do own a house. So I have some exemptions or whatever they're called. Um, write-offs. Not exempt, write-offs. But um, I, and, and on one hand, I'm like, when these people who work for themselves be getting that cash app and Zelle exchanges, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. Um, I do feel for the small businesses. Um, but in the same sense, like, you know, Uncle Sam, he, he always going to get his cut. But like the issue, like what I thought about, like, you know, for instance, say I go to dinner with my friends and, you know, sometimes your, your homies, they forget their wallet and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I may pick up the check. They'll cash at me. Going forward, nah, the way that I pay for that transaction, the way we did that exchange, you're going to send me that money because I got this limit on my head. Like, it's still, you know, if niggas is smart, well, if people are smart, you know, you got Zelle, Cash App, and what's the other one? Um, Venmo. Venmo, Venmo. So if you don't use it on a regular routine basis. And PayPal, sorry. PayPal, okay, just keep it at $5.99. So that way you would get what is that? $599 per year. So if I got Cash App, just make sure your transactions are under $599. Then go to Zelle, $599. Cash App, $599. PayPal, $599. Keep it under the $600. It's complicated. It is. It is. But, you know, it's ways around, like, people going to find ways around the system. And I mean, who's to say you can't have multiple usernames? I don't, I don't know if that's a, I don't even know if I'm incriminating myself right now. Let me just shut up. But I'm just, I'm just already thinking of ways around it, but I, I mean, you know, with the whole PPP scams and whatnot, and, you know, people coming up and getting, finding loopholes in the system, you had to know the government 
was going to, nah, it's only a matter of time. Everything's evolving. You got cryptocurrency. The government can't touch it. Nah, they, they hands are all over. The government going to catch up some way oh, yeah. or another. Hell they going to yeah. catch up. Hell yeah. I mean, the it's just a big business. So it just, it is what it is. I enjoyed that. I've enjoyed the, you know, I'm not even going to lie, you guys. Um, I didn't do a lot of my homework for the let's talk about it or not. And this is the issue that I'm having. You know, we haven't been as consistent as we would have liked. And so I'll have a topic that'll come to my mind. Let's just say I'm listening to a podcast, another podcast. I'm listening to the news. And I'm like, oh, man, that'd be something interesting to talk about on the show. Mm -hmm. But then I won't write it down. And so by the time we get to the point where we're going to record, I'm like, damn, what's happened in the last <laughs> month? But so much has happened. Facts. Yeah, it's um, and yeah, as we start to get more consistent and drop in on a regular basis, we won't have a month of content. Cause I, I pull like 10 different stories. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard about the truckers union going on strike, potentially shutting down. I want to hear that. Okay. I want to hear that. I mean, <laughs> so it's not, it ain't even necessarily the truckers union. So it's truckers ac across the nation are going, potentially threatening to go on strike and shutting down the U S interstates. To, to basically block the whole vaccine uh, mandate. Mm. So truckers feel like one, we're working long strenuous hours. They feel like the government is pushing this narrative to say, hey, we have to get this vaccine and they don't wanna do it. And so they're like, we're gonna go on strike. We're gonna shut down. We're not gonna drive these long hours. We're not gonna bring your supplies and interchange state to state so i don't know if you've noticed but if you go to the the uh, grocery store department stores there's been like a reduction of inventory mm. so i it's, 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 oh it's, i have noticed that i have noticed that like when yeah. i'm trying to get my fruits and vegetables yeah and they're reducing the amount of um like toilet paper that you can get again because you know the truckers they basically are banding together and saying look there is no union, but they're trying to unite. They threatened to actually like put semis across the interstate and block off interstates. But the government stepped in and said, if you do that, it's going to be a federal crime and whatnot. So I haven't heard of any people doing that across the states. But so wait, truckers are federal workers? No, they're not. A lot of them are just independent contractors and whatnot or self. So how are they being made to get the vaccine? I mean, just they deal with different like consignees and different shippers. So if I go into like a a Walmart like warehouse to pick up a load, it could be mandated. Like, you know, if you want to do X, Y, Z, if you want to pick up this load and come into my warehouse, you have to have a vaccine. Mm. And so like one, they're standing up for human rights and saying like, we don't agree that the government is basically pushing down on its blue collar employees and blue collar associates that we don't want to, we're not standing for it. And then like, as you, I, I don't know if you heard like, uh, like with the whole federal government, like vaccine mandation and whatnot, Congress is exempt, which that drives me crazy. Like how, are, yeah, yeah, Congress is exempt from getting a vaccine. Which That's is bullshit. Yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, it shouldn't, if it's going to be government, it should be government across the whole border. 
but they're saying mm-hmm. that if you're in Congress, you don't have to get it. Mainly, most it could be because most of them are old, but they're they're politicians. They they make the rules. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. That that has my conspiracy mind going and and whatnot. That wasn't it. Wasn't gonna really be one of my topics. I didn't really deep dive into it, but like as far so what as what you what you got is the last the last one. I mean, honestly, I had something. I did have one. You have um, one. and uh, I feel like it's a little bit kind of. What do you call it? Uh, gimmicky, a little bit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say what it is. What okay, is it? okay. Um, so Lil Nas X, for people who don't know who he is, but he's the guy who came out with the um, the hit song "Old Town Country Road" or "Old, Old Country Town Road", Road, whatever. Yeah. Old, Town Old Town Road. Road. Um, so he gives birth. Uh, two weeks ago to a baby. Have you guys oh heard that? God. Oh my! Have you God. heard that? Yeah, I heard that. Ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> so my question is like, um, what's too much? And um, you know, like, what are we doing nowadays? Which I, I guess it could be like an episode of itself, like ways to get the media's attention. So he did this, like, as a you know, he of course he's a male, so he can't actually give birth, but what he did is he like took pictures of him being pregnant with the idea of caring for this album. And then on the day that the album came out, that was supposed to be like the day that he gave birth. But it sounds like really silly right now because I didn't really deep dive into it. So I want to hear what you got because I don't really like it. I'm like, I'm cutting myself off. I just cut myself off. Y'all. Oh, That's I a mean, new one. Man, <laughs> I don't even. I, yeah, I really don't even know. I don't have an opinion on that one. My topic, my final one was going to be, I don't know if you've heard about the Haitian immigrants at the border. Yes. See, you you actually did your homework, y'all. I could I gotta do better. Um, but yes, go ahead. So the the US Border Patrol have been riding around uh South Texas on horseback and whips and basically hitting the striking the Haitian immigrants, fleeing the um fleeing into the U.S. and, you know, it's, it's just extremely inhumane. Like, you know, it, I think one, like partially, how to, like, who, who are you in 2021? Like, it, and just in general, and any time a historical event, like you take a, a horse whip to another human, like that, right. that, that's just like, it's just inhumane. It's just wrong, like just on every level. And I, I just can't believe we're operating like that. And, so did that really happen? I mean, the they came. I, I don't know. I didn't see any pictures. Like, yeah. did you look at pictures it of was, it or uh, video? Very graphic pictures, and yeah, it was thousands of. Um, they they said at one point it was like thirty thousand immigrants down at the border. Wow. And you know the the border patrol on horseback whipping them, like you know they're fleeing from unstable government infrastructure, um, a natural disaster that just impacted their whole country. So, you know, they're fleeing here, seeking refugee. And it's just like, you know, just to treat them like they're not human. Like, I I mean, I understand they may have did something illegal, like fleeing to another country, but you just don't treat people like that. Like, and I, I just... I don't know. I just have a hard time just saying like, you know, we, we always stick our head 
and other people issues. Like, you know, we've been in Afghanistan for, which I say like 20 some years, like, yeah, you know, but Haiti's closer to us, like, you know, and just the fact that they're, they look like us, they're brown people. So I just feel like, you know, you have that sort of slavery mindset. Yeah, it like, does bring up a lot of, uh, it, it's a trigger. I think for black Americans and really for colored people around the nation, especially those who have ties to um, slavery and that experience, that it was triggering to even have there be mention and not to, and, and not even that, but then actually to see that they were being hit and whipped. I mean, that's something that goes down and, you know, that's something with slavery. That's definitely. very triggering. Yeah, it was definitely triggering to see those graphic images, you know, social media, everybody has a smartphone. It, it's, it's just like disheartening just to see those sort of ordeals. Um, I do think, I don't know. I, I mean, we, we, we basically had it like, but I do strong friends, strong friends. Let's go into strong it. Friends. Strong friends. Let's go into it. Let's go into it. <laughs> so the reason why we wanted to talk about strong friends is because, um, it's something that I, you know, like I, I think that, um, for me, I've had some experiences like what Tamir was talking about when she was saying that as a mental health professional, she was the one that previously was checking in on people. And now that she's not doing it as much, like perhaps some of it is because she's a mental health professional that people aren't checking in on her. But then perhaps some of it is that, you know, she hasn't um, been checking in on them. I have felt that um, as a... I don't, I don't feel like I'm the strong friend. Like, let me just put that out there. I don't feel like I'm the strong friend. I feel oh. like even, and even though I'm, I, I mean, like D TBD, would you say I'm a strong friend? I don't think I'm the strong friend. I would say like, and damn, like you caught me off guard, like saying that you don't feel like you're the strong friend because I felt like, and I feel like the reason why we stumbled, the reason why I stumbled on this topic is because we are the strong friend. Like mm. I have gone to you with situations and you've come up with resources. You provided that outlet. You, they, I, I didn't feel that sense of judgment coming from you. And, you know, me to throw that weight onto you out of the blue is just like, that's a strong friend to me. So, you know, my therapist always says this. She says that you're stronger than you think. You're stronger than you think. And so and I, yeah. I, I think I think we said this earlier on. I don't even know if we said this, but I don't know. Like what we, we've had so many different mental health sort of topics and angles and whatnot. I think in the imposter syndrome, if we didn't say it, don't play yourself. Like I feel like ultimately we sell ourselves short. Like, you know, we we did talk about that in imposter syndrome. And we hit mm. that, but it's just like, you know, you are stronger than what you appear. You are stronger mm. than what you think. Like, I almost feel like we treat ourselves like almost how people would treat an infant. Like, you don't realize that infant is stronger. They're more flexible. Their, their bones are still growing and they can bend in awkward angles, but we, we still baby them. Mm. But, and in essence, like they're stronger than what they appear. 
but they can move their body in different angles that others can't. So I feel like mm -hmm. we we often play ourselves and don't give us that sort of knock of of being that that strong friend and what we exhibit all those characteristics and I feel like that's probably what I am doing. And you know, we had looked up a couple of articles. One article talked about what are the signs and symptoms that a strong friend really needs help. And so if you're out there and you're the strong friend, um, you know, this can be enlightening just for you to have more insight into, okay, maybe I do need more help. And for those people who interact with the strong friend, um, this can just be a more awareness for you of when that person might need assistance from you. So one thing, um, a couple of things they have, um, the first that really struck me is that you can't remember the last time you really saw them be vulnerable. Mm. Um, I think this was, this struck me because in order for you to have someone be vulnerable, you also have to be vulnerable uh, with them because vulnerability fosters vulnerability. So, um, you know, I think about a friend of mine who has, I, you know, I've never really seen them be vulnerable. Like everything is always okay. They can have a million and one different changes that are happening. They might have lost a job, be going through a breakup, a recent death or relocation. And when you talk to them, it's like, everything's okay. Nothing's wrong. Um, and yeah, like, do you have any thoughts about that? Vulnerability fosters vulnerability. Um, yeah. I feel like one that's deep. Um, I know it's like as a boy growing into a like we we teach boys like one don't show vulnerability. Vulnerability is looked at as a weak mindset. Like, and so we often suppress our feelings versus talk about things like. You know, I, I went through some situations this past week where, you know, I had to get physical. I'm not a physical sort of person, but if you push me there, I will get there. And once I'm there, it's hard for me to get off. So, you know, while I was there being vulnerable with my friends and my, my, my homies, like they was able to bring me down and able to get me to a point of homo homeostasis in which... Mm. I was just at peace. Like I was just, I was, I was cool. Like, you know, I, I already did my work. I prayed for the person who tried me, you know, pray for his recovery and whatnot. But, you know, um, yeah, I do feel like vulnerability fosters vulnerability. Like I was able to learn more from my friends just by giving them that testimony of everything that was going on with me. Like, you know, feeling that sort of sense that, you know, I, I give that energy of a nice guy, of a, of a nice person. And I, I do feel like people will try nice people, but it's like, you know, I mean, like in terms of vulnerability, you actually brought up something very interesting when we were doing pre-production, you had talked about how with you being vulnerable and showing that vulnerable side of you, you felt like in return that opened up the pathway for some of your um, friends and other relationships, people who were hearing your testimony to be vulnerable with you. Yeah. It's like vulnerability fosters vulnerability, which Facts. is what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now that, that's real. 
Um, the, uh, the next thing that I saw is that the person might be flexing on social media a little too hard. I definitely have seen this. I have seen this. Like I have, I know friends and family members who might have the whole world falling down on them and they're on social media platforms and might be like, everything is okay. You know, it looks like they're living their best life when they have so many things that's happening. And I guess that goes into the idea of FOMO and how you get these feelings, but then you never know what's happening in other people's life. So um, I've noticed that, but it's hard because, you know, unless you really know a person and what's going on with their life, you're going to get these feelings of FOMO and really think that, oh, this person is having the, the best time of their life. But really, it is um, it's not that case. And hold on. So they're, in this article, they're talking about the phone, the strong friend exhibiting that sort of characteristic. Or... Yeah, like a strong friend who's flexing very hard on social media and who just looks like everything is going perfectly fine for them when yeah. that's absolutely not the case. Gotcha. I would think on the opposite, like if I thought my, to me, I feel like that's a weak sort of mindset. Like if you're doing mm. something for other people to to see how you moving, you obviously need that attention. But I mean, everybody's a little different. So um, mm-hmm. I guess if they're doing something out of the norm, that is a, a reason to. Yeah. Expect. Yeah. And another thing out of the norm might be like you've met you're missing people, seeing people at social events. So like mm-hmm. um, if you have somebody who's usually an extrovert and likes to be out and about on the town and then all of a sudden they're kind of into their shell, then that can be a sign for me as a person who is an extroverted introvert, where I think we've talked about this before, yeah. but um, for me, it can be hard because I don't really like going nowhere anyways. I like to just chill at home, be relaxed or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, but maybe you might not be hearing from that strong friend as much as you used to. That might be a sign, even if they're not one to go out to social events, you just might not be um you know hearing from them they might not be calling as much that can they might not be picking up the phone that can be a sign um i think that one of the issues with strong friends um needing help is that because they're so used to being strong they don't necessarily know how to ask for help Hmm. um i mean do you have any thoughts on that so just kind of back to that whole sort of mindset of like vulnerability shows weakness I feel like asking for help the way I was raised asking for help shows that weak side so I don't like asking people for anything because I feel like hold on let me let me let me reel that back I struggle with asking people for things because I feel like everything you ask has an associated cost based on my relationship with family, friends, everything. Mm. I'm typically the go-to person, but I've been trying to reel it back and trying to, you know, show that I, I, I guess that growth. And, you know, I've, if something does arrive, arise and I don't have the, the ability to solve that issue, I will reach out to other people. I will reach out to some of my friends who are professionals or more astute in a a particular area than myself. 
um, you know, <clears throat> I'm about to start school. So shit, I'm about to reach out to Pauline to take my quizzes. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, nah, I, I, I think it's important, like, you know, just to, you're not going to know every answer. And if you have a support system around you, it's important to know it takes a village to raise like strong individuals. So never mm-hmm. lose that sort of mindset. And that's something I'm trying to instill in my son and instill in my lineage, like, you know, just break those curses. And I feel like part of breaking those generational uh, curses are establishing those sort of like, just breaking that way of thinking. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the the way that we think, we thought growing up, like, shit, I used to get hit with a switch, like (laughs) to get anything my mom, my, my parents could find, like, or shit I ain't incriminating or whatever I, I turned out to be a decent dude but like mm-hmm. I think but um any any object they could find I get hit with like you know a belt mm-hmm. on a tv uh cable cord like anything but I, 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 <laughs> I feel like you know now like things change time change so I got to get out that way of thinking like you know when I need when I discipline my son it's going to be verbal like it's going to be a conversation like you know you disappointed me and this is why and I've never had that sort of talk with any of my parents. So it's just like, you know, just picking up on like, damn, I didn't like the way I was raised in this area. And this is why. And this is because. So in order to to make to to break those curses, I need the parent different. But I do also mm. need to realize that everybody, every child and every person needs to be parented a little different. So there's no universal blue book or handbook on parenting and coaching or none of that shit you got to kind of tailor and fix it towards the the appropriate part so if you had a friend um who really needed help what are like the what's like the the perfect situation that you would want to um to to be in like if a friend needed help Um, One thing that we had talked about is like social skills, making sure you have those things in order to foster the relationship and foster a friend being more open to talking with you. Mm -hmm. And the main thing that we talked about is like maintain eye contact and make sure it's an appropriate environment. So a lot of times people will start off these conversations of um, we talked about this. How are you doing? Right. Asking somebody such a loaded question and then not being in the right space to be able to to really answer that question. So making sure like you're in the right space, you maintain eye contact. And then another thing is just to make sure that you're listening Mm. um, and that you're actively um, able to engage with that person. And active listening is so different than just listening. Like listening is letting something come into your ears and then it might come out. But when you're actively listening, you're filtering through what the person is actually saying. Um, It's so um, interesting because when you're not doing those things and you're not actively listening, um, you can sometimes bring up feelings of defensiveness and I had talked a lot about like no jabbing. So when I was in high school, it was interesting because we had like, you know, when you would have um, mothers of drunk drivers, uh, I can't think of the name, but you know, like when you have the, all these different groups that would come to the schools. Oh, like the, um, not the, uh, I I know what you're talking about, not the victims, but yeah, 
you know what I'm talking about. So one thing that came across for me is one way to limit defensiveness and to foster relationships with your friends is no jabbing. That means that when somebody comes to you and they have an issue, that means that you don't joke. You don't give advice and then you don't blame that person. And I think that that's so hard for you not to do, especially when friends and family come to you and they need help. Um, You know, when a strong friend comes to you, sometimes it might be easy for you to think that that person is just playing like, oh, you don't need no help. You always just, you know, like you just playing with me. Yeah. 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 So question question for you as a mental health professional, do you struggle with the no jabbing aspect? I I, I I try not to, but sometimes it'd be so like it's a conscious effort to not jab at anybody when they come to me with an issue. Yeah. Um it's it takes a conscious effort. And one thing that you can do is just to simply ask someone. I hear you talking a lot about X, Y, Z. Are you looking for feedback or advice or would you just like me to listen? Mm. So to really verbalize what your intentions are in that conversation. So it's a two-way street because you as a person who needs support, sometimes I pick up the phone as like identify, as you identify me as being a strong friend. I'll call somebody and I'll say, girl, I just need you to listen to this story. Damn. Like, that's what I said. I need you to listen to this story. Don't be giving me advice. Don't be joking around. Don't be blaming me and saying, girl, you do the same damn shit to me. I that you probably wrong. That's not what I came for. And then you as the person who is being asked to be supportive, what you can do is ask that question. You know, are you looking for me to listen or are you looking for advice or something else? Yeah, no, that's. That's that's real dope. And I, I think that's a, a perfect way to end it. You know, the no yeah. driving. Um, so I'm gonna set the goal for the week for our listeners. Um, when is the last time or how do you check on your strong friends? Mm. I think that's a perfect way to end it right there. Um, yeah. And when you check on these strong friends, make sure no jabbing, no joking no advice and no blaming you know that's something that I struggle with personally like I'm a jokester like if I once you become my friend once I consider you a friend I I joke with you but you Mm -hmm. know I like I am kind of considered the the friend therapist a lot of people come to me with their like seeking advice and whatnot but the blaming situation I don't do that so you know I I gotta work on (laughs) I gotta work on the job yes I gotta gotta work on the jobs but nah um nah that's a perfect way to end it. Episode number 11. We appreciate it. Um, don't forget to, to write us at short and sweet pod at outlook.com, Instagram, short and sweet pod. We out.